Alright guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Sunday, March 13th, 2022. How's everybody doing out there today? Just want to welcome you all to the show. Today's show is brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right, the great supplement company right here out of the great state of Florida. U.S.-based products made right here in the good old USA. Check them out. Use the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you're listening to this on. Use promo code T20Cordimus. Get some money off. Great sale this weekend. Pretty much every weekend they have a great sale. So, guys, please check them out. Get you some uh, protein powders, bars, pre-workout, whatever you need. They got it. They got vitamins. They got all sorts of stuff. Check them out. Tell them Don sent you. And, uh... Let's get healthy. All right. I'm not going to waste a lot of time today, guys. I've got a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Um, I, it's I'm going to kind of try and keep everything tight and together. Um, but trust me when I tell you everything I say is going to make sense. <laughs> uh, before I get into my monologue here. Um, please, guys, go to our social media profiles. Uh, Don't Trade on America on Facebook and Instagram. And then on Twitter, it is DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And the reason I say that is it's very important. I mean, I think I've got all the distribution aspects fixed as far as the apps. Um, but... In case there's another hiccup again with whomever, um, the best way to know about these issues is to follow us on one of those sites because I'll tweet it out, I'll you know put it on Facebook, whatever the case may be. Um, especially you know if you're an Apple listener because I've had two issues with them so far in the year plus that we've been doing this show. Um, my advice to you would be to go to Spotify or Podbeam, iHeart whatever. If you have Amazon Prime, we're on there. We're on TuneIn, Stitcher. Um, <clears throat> that way there's no hiccups. I, I don't know Apple. I mean, I think I have everything figured out with them, so we'll have to see, but you know, whatever. Um, with that being said, because it's important to me because 50 plus percent of the downloads for the show come off of Apple users. So whoever you know, you guys that listen to the show, if you use your phone or an iPad or whatever the case may be, and you listen to the show, um, thank you, number one. <laughs> but we had that issue where I was dropped four shows because, you know, of an artwork issue. But I got it figured out. We're back up. Um, but just anyway, if you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, um, you'll see any updates to the show. Another way to do that is also follow us on our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. Subscribe. I won't spam you to death. It's free. I don't ask for money. I don't have a Patreon because I don't believe. I believe that if you want to support this show, you can support it by going to Redcon1.com. And hopefully I can pick up other sponsors down the road. That That's the best way you can support this show. I'm not going to ask you for donations and stuff like that like some of these other guys do. I'm not about that. This is a hobby for me. This is something to do. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not here to make money. I mean, if it down the road, if it happens to blow up, then so be it. 
but uh, I just, I don't know. I'm just that guy. Anyway, nothing, <laughs> nothing bothers me more than listening to a podcast and they spend five, 10 minutes talking about their Patreon. Anyway. All right, ghosts. So I, I was awake early this morning going through stuff and what I trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about today. I'm really, <laughs> unfortunately, it's the elephant in the room. I'm really getting tired of talking about Russia and Ukraine. I'm getting tired of talking about gas prices. Um, but it's kind of like the necessary evil. I'm not going to bore you guys with a bunch of Putin's doing this and Zelensky did that and biolabs here and biolabs there. I'm not, that's obvious. Everybody is talking about that stuff. I talked about the biolabs back in February. Uh, what does DTOM know? <laughs> right. These guys are just, uh, some dudes with a part-time podcast, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we were one of the first podcasts to talk about the biolabs. Thanks to Chris. He found that information, gave it to me. I gave it to you guys back February 27th. I did a show. Check it out. Then last week, everyone wants to start talking about the biolabs. Nonetheless. Um, so I started thinking about this, talking about inflation. And obviously, everyone knows gas prices are out of control. You're Grocery bills are out of control, whatever. So I started thinking about this. Over the past two years, we've seen in this country and around the world a major supply chain shortage, right? Which has been blamed on just about everything. And we want to believe that our individual governments have our best interest in mind and that they would never lie to us. But as we look at the events that have happened to us and around the world, um, I begin to wonder. It all started in back, back in 1933 with FDR's New Deal, which promoted a bunch of different social programs. It was during this time in which the terms liberal, which was for the New Deal, and conservative, which were the people that were against the New Deal, were formed. Now, of course, back then you still had Republicans and Democrats, but this is where they made those people, oh, he's a, he or she's a liberal Democrat, or this person's a con conservative Republican. That's where these terms came from. Um, <clears throat> as the New Deal was set, most of its agenda stayed intact through most all administrations, whether they were Republican or Democrat, which is why many people believe there's no difference between parties. There is only one agenda, and that's the NWO's agenda. Now, it is in my personal opinion that we've been dealing with these changes little by little with very little opposition because the changes weren't obvious. Then, in 2016, that all changed when the people elected Trump. Now, why do you think <laughs> there was such a freakout over his election? He was literally an outside person. He was not part of the plan. So what does the NWO do? They unleash COVID on the world to crush the world's economy in a way for the people in this country to oppose Trump. Uh, Trump. Do you ever wonder why he said the things he said about COVID? He knew it wasn't anything more than it was. Now, it's also, in my opinion, one of Trump's downfalls was his misplaced trust in many bad actors. These people were part of the agenda. But Trump, being an outsider, based his trust on suggestions of others, or if they had an R by their name. 
Why do you think he had so much of his family involved in his administration? Because these were the only people he could trust. So in a push to get him out of office, we dealt with four years of bullshit to make this man look bad. Now, I know Trump is no angel. He doesn't always say the right things. But it felt like he had the country in his best interest. People called him a nationalist. Well, you know what? I'm fine with that. I want my president to put this country first. But the NWO doesn't care about one country. So why does everything seem like it's hitting us like a ton of bricks? It's because they had a four-year delay. In 2016, it was, it was supposed to be either Hillary or Jeb Bush that was supposed to win. It didn't matter. They were two heads of the same state. In 2008, when Obama ran for president, he had this to say. The problem is, can you get the American people to say this is really important and force their representatives to do the right thing? Uh, that requires mobilizing a, a citizenry. That requires them understanding what is at stake. Uh, you know, and, and climate change is a great example. You know, when I was asked earlier about uh, the issue of coal, uh, you know, under my plan uh, of a cap-and-trade system, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket. Even, you know, regardless of what I say about whether coal is good or bad, because I'm capping greenhouse gases, coal-powered plants you know, natural gas, you name whatever the plants were, whatever the industry was, they would have to uh, retrofit their operations. That will cost money. They will pass that money on to consumers. So now, <clears throat> this was a situation where um, that was him running when he was running for president. It was in 2008. Now, this was the start of the NWO and the WEF's push on climate control. Now, look at what we're dealing with with skyrocketing gas prices, which is going to lead to everything else going up in price. So in doing research and trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about today, other than the obvious, I started looking at the inflation numbers, which this week hit 7.9. It's its highest it's been since 82. But, you know, to me, it feels higher. So the way they come up with these numbers is they make them up now they take everything you spend money on everything so uh, if you pay rent your mortgage insurance utility bills then food food gas cars um anything you buy okay but you know me and chris were having this discussion the other day i said the thing about that number is your rent okay if you rent a house or an apartment or you're, you are buying a house, you pay a mortgage, right? The thing about those numbers are your rent doesn't change for at least a year. Now, granted, after your year's up, you might have to sign a new lease and they might say, oh, we're going to raise your rent 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever the number might be. Your mortgage might change if you have a, uh, you know, if, if you have a, you know, adjustable rate, if you have uh, money in escrow and your insurance goes up, whatever the case may be. But for a year, that number stays the same. 
and I've said this before, what what is a constant thing that we do as Americans or whatever country that you're from listening to this? This isn't just an American thing. Um, we buy groceries every, not every day, but every week. Some people buy them every day. I don't know, but we're at the grocery store a couple of times a week. We're at Walmart a couple of times a week. We might go to the drugstore a couple of times a week. You get gas once or twice a week, depending on how far you have to drive on a regular basis. Those to me are the bills that matter the most. So with the increase, basically with the increase of oil, forget about everything else. Everything else has to do with that. This country was made the country it is. And this world was made the world it is because of the production of oil and petroleum products. We move merchandise from one end of the country to the next to one city, state, whatever the case may be, by diesel-powered machinery, whether it's a truck, a train, whatever the case may be. Now, forget about Jen Psaki saying the president, you know, rode a train a lot. Okay, diesel power train. My point is, is every time they talk about gas prices, within, and I'm not even talking about recently, but within the last year, they blamed everyone else. But the fact of the matter is, I told you guys this the other day, oil prices are based on the futures market. Okay. The futures market was determined based on people say, oh, Biden has no control over the price of gas. Trump has no control over the price of gas. Obama had no control over the price of gas. Technically, that's true. It's not like Biden's calling them up and saying, hey, raise the prices. Trump's calling them up, lower the prices. You know, it's not, it's nothing like that. But when you run on policies, when you have Obama in 08 running on policies like he just, the video I just played you, the futures market, the people that deal with those with that market in the commodities market, they sit there and say, okay, this dude is running on knocking out, okay, you know, Obama, Biden, he ran on getting rid of, <laughs> of the Green New Deal, the getting rid of uh, fossil fuels and capping off uh, fracking and drilling and doing all this stuff. He ran on that. So damn sure guarantee as soon as he was elected, gas prices shot up. And even though technically he wasn't president for another you know, two months, gas prices rose at the end of that year. People are like, oh, well, when Trump left office, gas was over $2 a, a, you know, a gallon. True, but it didn't have anything to do with Trump. It is because the futures market knew what was coming. And on January 20th, when dipshit was uh, you know, sworn in to president, he signed those, well, I think it was 20-something, Ex, uh, executive orders day one one of which was to cancel the uh, keystone pipeline since then you've seen a steady and you can look at the bar graphs steady increase of gas prices since last january and it wasn't it wasn't a lot it wasn't it was like a nickel here nickel there 10 cents and then it might drop a nickel but then it went back up 10 cents and then you know it was those types of things now, recently, we've seen big spikes. And, of course, now it's 
before it was COVID, before it was, we're not doing this, before it was like, well, well, we stopped drilling as much because of COVID, people weren't going anywhere. And then all of a sudden people went places and then, okay, I can buy those excuses, even though I still would call bullshit on them, because why would you stop producing oil? Why wouldn't you, <laughs> why wouldn't you uh, produce as much as you can and stockpile it? But whatever. But now, now we have an enemy. We can say it's all Putin's fault. And whether it is or it isn't, I once again call bullshit. If all we get is 10% of our oil from Russia, then what does that got to do with the price of gas going up? I don't know. But anyway, so I was looking. So <clears throat> U.S. inflation data to capture pre-war prices rather than peak. I'll say the, um, the CPI forecast is up at uh, 7.9 from February of last year. And of course, this is from increasing fuel, food prices, and that weighs on you because that's stuff you see regularly. And like I said, is the more gas goes up, the more everything else is going to go up. If you're if you live in a wherever you live and your uh, electric company uses natural gas or whatever the case may be, your electric bill is going to go up. Your bill going to and from work is going to go up. The food that goes to the grocery store is going to go up. You know, I saw a video on uh, Twitter guy uh, truck truck driver I, I think it was in Tennessee hauls uh, milk you know he just filled up his uh, his truck made a video and I think each tank held a hundred and I can't remember the exact number it was 200 something gallons of gas that he filled his truck up with it was over a thousand dollars to fill that semi up and his comment was, you guys will be really crying when it costs you eleven dollars for a gallon of milk, <laughs> because they've got they're going to pass the cost on to you. That's how it is. All right. So a few weeks ago, many economists were eyeing February as the peak of the U.S. consumer inflation. Now it's looking more like a fresh baseline. The CPI is forecasted to accelerate. So this actually, this article I'm reading is out of Bloomberg. This actually came out before the numbers were released. They said to accelerate to 7.8. It's actually a 7.9, but whatever. So increase from February from a year ago, which could be the most since 82. But economists are now saying it could peak somewhere around 8 to 9% range this month or next as the invasion of Ukraine and sever, uh, severe restrictions on Russian economy send prices of staples like oil and food soaring. There's going to be a lot of noise in the next six months, and that's going to be extremely difficult to dis, uh, dis, disentangle, <laughs> said Omar Sharif, founder of Research for Inflation Insights. If you thought it was difficult to figure out what used cars prices were doing, and whether it was transitory or multiple, but multiply that by a thousand. So they put up a, a graph here. And right now <laughs> we're at, uh, so they're projecting by the beginning of March. So in a couple of weeks, it being at about eight and a half percent in May, I'm sorry, in April, eight, 8.6 in 8.3. So, you know, it's, Flux, you know, it's in the high, mid to high eights, up to 9%. It doesn't actually show it coming back down. I, I don't even want to say till normal, but to where it was. Let's see, when was this date here? So, uh, February. I'm sorry, February. Um, November of last year. They don't have it coming down to about that same number till um, 
what's that? January of next year. So, um, which means you've got a solid eight, eight months, eight, nine months of, of worsening numbers. But even so, <laughs> I still, I mean, by, by any stretch of imagination, I'm not saying 7.9, 8.5, 9%, whatever. I'm not saying that's low. Obviously, it's high, right? But it just feels, it feels like it should be more. You know, if you, <laughs> in the past year, gas has gone up almost $2 a gallon. That's more than 7.9%, right? The food you've bought has probably gone up 10, 20%. Go out to dinner. It cost you, for example, we went out to dinner last night. Normally, that meal that we got would have cost us, with tip, 75 bucks. It was $105. Okay? Not bragging. I'm not saying, oh, la da Just saying, <laughs> it's $30 more. We didn't buy anything different. We didn't buy anything more. Actually, we probably got less because we didn't get an appetizer. But nonetheless, $30 more. Go to the grocery store. Stuff's 50 cents more. You know, if you bought a bag of chips, it might have been 4 bucks. Now it's four fifty. You know, it's 10%. It's the little things. It doesn't, it's not big numbers, but ten. if you look at the percentages, 10%, 20%, dollars more a gallon. That's, you know, <laughs> 75% more. Um, where's the 7.9? Well, it's because other things might not fluctuate as much. But, you know, <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. You know, is inflation total bullshit? Why some people think the government is lying to you. So, um, where is it at? Where is it at? Okay, so around 1980, the government fundamentally changed how they calculate inflation. So, <laughs> the old CPI was pretty simple. It was just a huge basket of everything available for sale. So, in the 80s, they changed it to to lower the average so to speak because i i don't have i'm sorry i don't have the numbers in front of me and it's a crazy calculation the way they figure it out it's like um it's almost like they they fudged the numbers to make it look good so i want to say in 80 around 80 79 80 somewhere around there was around 14 percent based on the old calculations as soon as they changed it, it dropped. So granted, it made um, Reagan look real good. You know, look, look at the numbers. Looks good. Well, a lot of what happened is the Fed raised interest rates, which <laughs> they're about to do. Looks like probably this coming week or next, the Fed's going to raise interest rates. It's the first time they've done that since 2018. So they do that in the guides of you spending less. Their, their whole point of raising of the prices getting rose, whatever the items are, is for you to stop buying as much. It's kind of it's kind of funny because they're sitting there saying, "Oh, the market's good, job people people are going back to work, people are buying more than ever." Okay, but why are people buying more than ever? Because not everybody's back to work. We talked about that. Ten point nine million people lost their job. Only seven and a half or so has been gone back. But um. People are buying more stuff because they're scared right now. They don't know what the hell's happening. But um, they, you know, to make a long story short, I want to dwell on this because you guys are, it's obvious. But basically what they did in the 80s is they changed the calculations to make the numbers look better, make you feel better about yourself. 
Well, in all actuality, if you use the old formula, the 7.9% that we're looking at right now is probably closer to 16 to 18% if you use the old calculations. And to me, that feels a little more realistic. The scary part about that is it's going to get worse <laughs> based on what the article is saying. This is a baseline. We're looking at this number, at least the 7, 7.5%. We're looking at at least this number for at least a year. And if that's the case, <laughs> and it goes up over the next couple of months through the summer because people spend more money, people try to go on vacations. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they try. Um, what does that mean for you? If you work a minimum wage job, you know, now you might have to have two jobs. And that's if you can afford the gas to get to work. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's pretty scary. So enough about that. One thing I did notice, I found this article too. So war, war <laughs> has brought the world to the brink of a food crisis. Now, I will say this about that. I don't know that the food crisis that they're referring to has a lot to do with us here in America. And the reason I say that is because we don't get a lot of food from... Okay, so they call Ukraine, that area of, of Europe, they call it the uh, nation's or the world's breadbasket. I think 33% of the wheat and whatnot comes from that area. But I think that's it probably is going to affect more Europe and um, like parts of Africa and Asia and whatnot, more so than us. I'm not saying it won't, but once again, it's a commodity. So it can affect the prices on stuff, even here in America, even if we don't get product from there, because once again, it's a commodity. It's trade on the futures, so on and so forth. It's kind of like oil. The biggest thing that concerns me about this whole article. Now, this is from CNN Business, okay? So I know I, I, know I said at one point I was going to try and get away from articles, but I'm sorry. These articles are smacking me in the face. I had no choice. So Sven Torhalster <laughs> says the world is creening uh, toward a food crisis that could affect millions of people. Record high natural gas prices have forced the company he runs, fertilizer producer Yara International, to curtail its production of ammonia and urea. That's U-R-E-A, urea, in Europe, to 45% of capacity. Now, I'm going to stop reading. This article's decent. <laughs> I'm going to stop reading right there. Now, you probably think, why are you stopping right there, Don? <laughs> I thought there was going to be a food price crisis. We're talking about food shortages. Okay, so this gentleman is talking about fertilizer. So the high price of natural gas causes him to not be able to run his company effectively to produce fertilizer. Blah, blah, blah. The biggest thing in this whole thing, there's going to be a shortage of that urea. Now, what the hell is urea? And what does that got to do with the price of tea in China? Well, everything. Because you can't grow... No. So, urea is a, is a chemical that is used in various amounts of fertilizer. So, obviously, without giving you guys a lesson in horticulture, fertilizer makes shit grow, right? Or shit make... Whatever. But um, another key ingredient or key item that Euro is, is used in 
is deaf. D-E-F. Now, people might be thinking, what is deaf? What does that mean to me? I don't give a shit. I'm not Def Jam Records. I don't know what that means. Deaf is diesel exhaust fluid. Okay? Pretty much every truck you see on the road nowadays uses DEF. I think since 2010, it's been standard equipment on diesel trucks, semis, so on and so forth. Without DEF, the trucks can't run. You can't bypass it. You can't just not fill it up. The truck won't run. Okay? Without urea, there's no DEF. With no DEF, there's no trucks. With no trucks, there's no food. Kind of see how this works? So not only will it mess up the production of fertilizer, and you could say, okay, well, we don't really need fertilizer. You might just have to kind of go about growing shit the old school way, right? We, we, we humans produce fertilizer, right? And I get that. But without the urea, the trucks don't drive, the food doesn't get delivered, then what are you going to do? That's where it's important. The WEF came out mm, two, three weeks ago. Klaus Schwab came out. Their new target, their new agenda is climate control. Okay? And that's where I started with my opening statement. This, <laughs> this, Biden is a puppet. He doesn't know shit from a molehill. I'm telling you this right now. You can tell he doesn't have a clue as to what the fuck he's saying, what he's talking about. He's just reading what he's, what's in front of him. He's lost his mind. Whatever. This is bigger than him. So <laughs> whenever they talk about gas, whenever, what is their, their biggest uh, spin on gas? Oh, gas prices are high. Oil is high. This is high. Well, we need to focus on alter alternative uh, methods. So what does that mean? Well, most people in this country can't just go out and buy an electric car. The thing that kills me about that is I get into discussions with people about electric. Oh, just, you know, just get an electric car. Okay, number one, I like my car. Fuck your electric shit. Okay, number one. Number two, how am I going to power it? Well, electricity. Where in the fuck does the electricity come from, genius? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, I said this before. Electricity doesn't just magically appear. It's got to be produced somehow, right? You guys don't want nuclear. So if you have a coal plant, well, we don't want coal. If you have natural gas plant, well, we don't want natural gas, which is burns clean. Well, uh, just wind turbines. Yeah, okay, because that works. That works. You know, in Florida, let's put up wind turbines everywhere because there's not a lot of land here, number one. Um, there's not a lot of wind here <laughs> unless there's a hurricane. I mean, you know, every now and again, yeah, but not on a day-in-and-day -day basis. Granted, we have a lot of sunshine for the most part, but once again, we don't have a lot of land, so you just can't put solar fields everywhere. <laughs> And uh, so where's the electricity coming from? Well, then they're going to start cutting you back. You know, look what California goes through every year. Every year. If you live in California, you know this. You go through those rolling brownouts, especially when it's hot. You don't have electricity. And they, you know, 
peaks and valleys of time where you have electricity and you don't have electricity. That's California. People are, well, that's California. That's how the governor governor runs it. That's them, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, whatever. Say that. Uh, don't think it's not coming to you in Nebraska, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Texas. <laughs> but um, so I, that's why I didn't want to dwell on the food aspect of it because, you know, like it says, you know, that that area of the world supplies 30% of the global wheat trade. Like I said, I think that's going to affect more that area, Europe, um, Africa, India, you know, the Asia, than it will us, but the price will affect here because it's traded on commodities. My biggest thing in this whole article was that urea. It's uh, something to think about, guys. Well, so what did we hear um, Biden, what was his his plan to fix the oil situation, right? He was going to get with uh, Iraq and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia because, you know, they're our friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, in order to do anything with Iran or, I think I said Iraq, but I meant Iran, to do anything with Iran and or Venezuela, we have to release sac uh, sanctions that was uh, Trump imposed on them. Now, these are two countries that hate us, hated us, and hate us. Now, they might be willing to work with us on the oil aspect because that puts money in their pocket. But nonetheless, what's the difference between giving money for oil to Iran and or Venezuela than it is to give it to Russia? What's the difference? They're all, they're all the same. And then this happened yesterday. <laughs> we had Iran... And it takes responsibility for missiles fired near U.S. consulate in Iraq. Interesting. So Iran on Sunday claimed responsibility for firing ballistic missiles near the U.S. consulate in Iraq, saying the barrage was retaliation for an Israel strike that killed two members of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard in Syria. No casualties were reported in the attack, and the building, which was unoccupied, was not damaged, the State Department said. Okay. I'm not really going to dwell into the article. That was pretty much the gist of it. Here's the thing. Iran claimed responsibility shooting the missiles because Mossad and Israel had struck killing two of their guards. Cool, whatever. So why, my question is, and I didn't see this in this article, my question is why, okay, <laughs> Iran's here. Iraq is to the left. Israel's to the, I'm sorry, Iraq is to the right. Israel's to the left, or is it? Yeah, no, maybe, uh, yeah, Iran's to the right. Yeah, so, anyway, so they missed their target. Did they undershoot it? Were they trying to hit Israel? And then, oops, we hit Iraq instead. Oh, by the way, we just happened to hit right near where the U.S. consulate was in Iraq. Our bad. And conveniently enough, there was no one there. See, this is why you can't trust these people. Now, Iran's already pissed at us. They already called for the head of Trump and uh, Mike Pompano. They've already, they've got bounties out for their deaths because of them killing the drone strikes on Soleimani. Do you really think we need to give them money? <laughs> Do you really think we need to give them a nuclear deal? Let them back into making nuclear power and uh, maybe nuclear other things? No, that'd be fucking stupid. 
Why in the hell would we do that? Guarantee you, if we do that, give it a year or two, some shit's going to come out of Iran. And then what is it going to be like? Oh, well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or do we need to give it to Venezuela? And, uh, you know, let them get their drug cartels running again and get everything cooking down there so they can pour right through our southern border with a shit ton of fentanyl and cocaine and whatever else comes out of Venezuela. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea, Joe. Sounds like a great idea. In the meantime, let's spend money to buy products from terror terroristic states, countries, instead of producing our own oil right here in the great country of the United States of America. Put American workers back to work. No, no, let's give it to terrorists. That sounds fucking fantastic. This guy is an idiot with a capital I. He's a moron. It's, it's, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. No one can give me a good argument as to why this man was elected president and why he is president. No one can. No one can tell me what in their life is better today than it was two years ago. No one can tell you that. They can give you some CNN, MSNBC bullshit rhetoric, but they can't tell you what in their life is better. No one can. I've had this discussion with people. They can't do it. Okay? Because as bad as things were under Trump, because he was such an evil, evil orange man, he got fucking shit done. Okay? Just wait. The worst is yet to come. So what does Trump do? Or I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Trump. What does Biden do? Well, he uh, gives uh, the Saudis a call thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe we can, um, Saudi Arabia, they like us, right? So <laughs> um, the other day, uh, I'm not a big fan of this guy, but it's he's trending on Twitter. So I, I found this video and I'll play it here in just a second. But Trevor Noah, he's the host of The Daily Show, had an opening monologue about a phone call that Biden made to uh, Saudi Arabia. And it was in help to uh, seeking support for Ukraine and to help us with surging gas prices. Um, now, they didn't answer the fucking phone. <laughs> So this is, uh, I'm going to play his video here. This is Trevor Noah off of The Daily Show. This is just a brief little 48-second uh, video here. And, and this is it's kind of funny, but anyway, let's listen to this. Saudi Arabia isn't playing ball with Joe Biden. And you know what? You can say what you want, but this would have never happened to Donald Trump. Never. No one was ever ignoring Donald Trump's calls. Yeah, because if you ignore Donald Trump's calls... You didn't know how he would respond. Maybe he'd send an angry tweet, or maybe he'd just like ban your country from everything. You don't know. That's why I bet in these situations, Biden actually wishes that he could hire Trump to step in as president wildcard. You know, just keep everyone on their toes. Because if Trump was calling, you best believe the UAE, they'd be racing to pick up the phone. Oh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, we're here, we're here, hello? Too late, Ahmed, you made me wait two rings. We're bombing the UAE and the UFC, just in case. So it's kind of, I mean, I'm sorry, that was funny because it's true. The whole thing about Trump is, is what he just said. Nobody knew 
how Trump was going to react. Why do you think in 2014 Russia annexed Crimea? Because Biden, Obama didn't do shit. We were not in the in the mix that we're into now. When Russia went in, said Crimea is ours. What are you going to do about it? Mm, Nothing. We gave um, what was that? One hundred and forty billion dollars to Iran. We let Russia do this. We let China do that. You got Kim Jong-un shooting off fucking missiles. Trump comes in. All that shit stopped because nobody knew what the fuck he was going to do. So <laughs> I'm going to read on some of his what uh, Trevor Noah was saying. So in an open monologue during the week. Noah expressed frustrations about a Wall Street Journal report that said Biden's call to Saudi Arabia seeking support uh, were rejected. Noah claimed that rejected phone calls were one thing that Biden's predecessor, former President Donald Trump, never would have had to deal with. So he says here, uh, you've got to be kidding me, Noah told viewers Wednesday night. Apparently, Saudi Arabia won't even pick up the phone for the president. I mean, look, I know it's hard to arrange those calls, you know. Riada is eight hours ahead. Biden's asleep by 4 p.m. It's a narrow window to make it work, but still, you must have been really embarrassed for Biden. Can you imagine? He phones them. They don't pick up. Noah continued later. Now, according to the White House, the story is totally untrue. They deny it, which I would too. But either way, there's no denying that Saudi Arabia isn't playing ball with Joe Biden. And you know what? You can say what you want. But this, and then that's where he goes into this would have never happened to Trump. Now, I'm playing this because Trevor Noah is not a Donald Trump fan. You go back to The Daily Show during Trump's presidency, he was not a Trump fan. He was, he was a, your typical liberal, um, whatever. Bashing Trump, he was just like Jimmy Kimmel and uh, St- Stephen Colbert and the rest of them, right? But you can see by him saying what he said, the frustration is real. These people are, he's losing his support of Hollywood. Now, granted, he's one guy, but you don't think the rest of them, the rest of these Hollywood elites, I mean, Stephen Colbert is still fucking sucking the teeth, you know, talking about, I'll pay $15 a gallon. Okay, cool. You make $20 million a year. I wouldn't sweat fifteen fucking dollars a gallon either. If I drove a two hundred thousand dollar Tesla, I made fifteen million a year. No problem. <laughs> but um it's just it's getting bad. It's getting bad. He's losing his support. And uh in a couple of months we vote, guys. But speaking of voting, I got one more little nugget for you. Now this is from our uh, DTOM news contributor, Christopher J. McGillicuddy, my part-time co-host. You know, he's here with me every other Friday doing the DTOM files, which, by the way, we just did one on Friday on MK Ultra, guys. Check it out. And granted, I know our DTOM file shows are long, but they're, they're informative. They're a little funny. We try to make some kind of fun. We have a few drinks, and we have a discussion. Okay, you don't have to listen to the whole show at one time. You can break it up. But trust me, guys, if you liked the JFK assassination one, the RFK one, 
this all stems together. And the interesting thing about what we talked about in MK Ultra, this wasn't something that just ended back in the 70s, like they say. But I'm not going to talk about it. You go listen to it. Anyway, so Chris sent me this little nugget we were talking about today at the gym. He sent me some information on it. I looked it up. So on Wednesday night, the House passed an emergency spending bill to help keep the government running and also to get $14 billion in aid to Ukraine. Now, everyone probably heard about this, you know, because there was government shut down. If we don't get this bill signed, the government's going to shut down, right? You probably heard about it. You probably saw it on the news. No matter who you watch, CNN, MSNBC, Fox, whatever you watch, you, you heard about this bill being signed or being passed by the House. And it sounds all good. Yeah, hey, you know, we got the government's running. We're giving some money to the Ukrainians to help them with whatever. But as we all know, the our lovely government doesn't just pass a bill without there being more than the obvious in it, right? They don't just say, oh, this is to keep the government running and to uh, help the Ukrainians. Cool. That's, that's not it. The bill was well over. 2,000 sections. I want to say it was around 24, 2,500 sections long. Now, when I say sections, <laughs> each section has a part, and each part has a part, and each part has a part, 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 right? 2,400, 2,500 sections long. And tucked away neatly around the 1,100 section is, uh, is this little nugget. Are you ready for it? House of Representatives passes gun control to override state Second Amendment sanctuary laws. Now, these aren't one particular state. It's any state. You know, we've always talked to you here, sanctuary laws. I think, uh, I know Missouri, I think Iowa is one, one of the other ones. But, yeah. So, in the bill, it says, Yesterday, under the cover of darkness, congressional Democrats released a... <laughs> 2,700-page government funding bill at 1.30 a.m. Um, the GOA rushed to analyze the bill, found a gun control buried on pages 2,200 to 2,213, and alerted our grassroots to take action. Despite our best efforts, the gun control passed 260 to 171 with the support of 39 Republicans. Okay. Now, I'm going to post this article in the show notes. And the reason I'm going to do that is uh, because they actually list the 39 Republicans. So I would implore you, if any of these folks, if you're from any of these states, and I, there's a couple of Florida people, there's a couple of Texas, you know, if there, if any of these people are in your district, if you vote, if you, when you vote, if that's your congressperson, you might want to rethink because they're not here for you, okay? But um, basically what the bill says is back, uh, background checks made worse. This year's government's appropriations bill includes two major gun control restrictions. Sections 1101 and 1102 are, of the bill are known as the NICS Denial Notification Act to make the existing background check system even worse. As you well know, the current NICS background check is broken beyond belief. Nine out of ten times when someone is denied a gun purchase by the NICS system, it's a law-abiding citizen who is wrongly denied the right to purchase a firearm. Because the vast majority of NICS denials each year are false positives, 
the government gets less than a few dozen convictions of pro, pro, nah, prohibited persons stupid enough to buy a gun um, at a gun store. So um, Congress seems intent on passing the NICS Denial Notification Act, which instructs ATF to help local law enforcement launch criminal investigations into each NICS de uh, denial, including false positives. So what that means is if, if you go to buy a gun, you go to your local gun shop, you fill out your the form, the, the uh, FDLE, the form, you fill it out, and let's say you circle the wrong box, uh, you know, you check the wrong box, you circle something wrong, you fill out something wrong, whatever, or your names get confused with somebody, whatever the case is, and there's a false positive, so you get denied based on a technicality or, a, or just a mistake, you're going to get a knock at the door from the ATF. <laughs> because you got denied the ability to purchase a gun. Um, hmm. So if this passes, you better hope the NICS system doesn't falsely deny you or your next gun purchase. So additionally, the government spending bill, Section 1103, also contains funding for the ATF to begin deputizing local law enforcement officers to enforce federal gun control laws. ATF can also appoint local government attorneys to help prosecute and enforcement of this gun control as well. This runs in direct contradiction to the Second Amendment sanctuary laws that the GOA has been pushing around the country and the state and local level. The, uh, states like Missouri and Idaho have passed the strongest Second Amendment protection laws which prohibit, gun, uh, prohibit funding for gun control and or including criminal or civil penalties for government agents and or agencies that enforce unconstitutional gun control. More than another dozen states have similar statutes. And then it has the list of Republicans here. I'm not going to read them off. You can go through the article yourself. And I would please, I'm begging you, please, if you vote and if you, hopefully you're a person that believes your votes count, if you don't, then you're not going to vote anyway. But please read this list. And it, like I said, it's got someone from, I don't want to say every state because obviously it's 39, but there's a few states here that are red states. Florida, Tennessee, Texas, Iowa. I don't know if that's red state or not. Um, New York, <laughs> Kentucky. So go through this, guys, please. If you see your, your congressperson, Get them out of there, okay? Um, I can even post the bill if you guys want to read it. If you think I'm full of shit, I'll go ahead and post it also. Um, the problem is with this whole thing, so far, it's it's still, it passed the House, so it's going to the Senate. So it's supposed to be voted on probably tomorrow or Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. And you know damn well if it passes the Senate, dipshit's going to sign it. Because it's going to be all under the guides of Ukrainian relief. They're obviously not talking about this. If we, if Chris hadn't stumbled upon this, you guys wouldn't have known about it. I listen to, Chris listens to probably more podcasts than I do. And the ones I've listened to aren't talking about this. And this happened Wednesday. Where's the outrage, guys? <laughs> so, please, we need to do something on one of these links, there's a, uh, 
a petition. I don't know that it's going to matter in all honesty, because I'm talking to you on Sunday. If you don't happen to be listening to this as I post it Sunday or even Monday morning, you're not going to be able to sign the petition and the petition isn't going to be able to get processed. Um, I think the best thing to do at this point is call your Senate, your, your, your Senator of your state. If you're hearing this before Monday afternoon, All right, guys, I got one other little thing. I wasn't going to talk about it, but I got a little bit of time real quick. COVID. (laughs) Everyone's like, oh, look, COVID's gone. All it took was a war. The funny thing is about COVID is that spending bill that they just passed, they took out all the COVID relief stuff that was in there. (laughs) There was a a brief part in in the original bill about not so much COVID, uh, you know, stimulus checks or anything like that, but for... Uh, vaccine productions and vaccine administration and so on and so forth that got taken out. Interesting. And the reason I say that's interesting is because a new COVID-19 variant unofficially dubbed the Delta Cron because of the combination of Delta and Omicron variants has been detected in a small number of cases in France, the Netherlands and Denmark. The H- uh, WHO says. So there's that. <laughs> So I don't know that you're going to hear much about it unless it blows up because right now we're worried about war. So anyway, guys, that's all I have for you today. I try to be brief and as quick as I can. I know I read articles when I said I was going to try and get away from that, but these are articles that I had to talk about. Uh, I'm going to delve more into this on Wednesday and what the WEF and the NWO is doing to, to us here in America. But it's not just a war. It's not just an American thing. This is a world thing. New world order, world economic forum. It's not United States economic forum or the United States world order. It's a world thing. So, guys, please share this with your friends. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please, if you could give me a great review, five star, and uh, if you want to leave a comment, you can. If you go to if you're on Podbeam and you're listening to this, you can follow us there, and uh, that way you'll get all the updates. And as a matter of fact, on any podcast app that you're listening to this on, follow the show. You'll get updates whenever I do a show. I'm trying to keep it on Sundays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Sometimes things happen, but uh, if you guys will follow the show, you'll get those updates. And don't forget, we're also on TuneIn. If you have that app, if you want to switch off of Apple or whatever the case may be, we are on there. Don't forget to check us out at our website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com, and on our social media platforms, Don't Tread on America on Facebook and Instagram, and on Twitter at DTOM underscore 1775, and my personal Twitter, PCGC underscore 1775. All right, guys, you have a great day. It's Wednesday. I'm sorry, it's not Wednesday. It's Sunday, uh, March 13th, 2022. Until Wednesday, you guys have a great day, and uh, call your senators. <laughs>